Welcome to Important Not Important. My name is Quinn Emmett. And my name is Brian Colbert Kennedy. And this is episode 33. Wow. And uh, Brian, oh, it's a good one. Time. It is. Uh, Brian, it's uh, it's time to get on board with the fucking revolution. <laughs> and I feel like if we haven't been in- indoctrinated uh, today, uh, the, you know, if you can't get on board after this one, man. And, and we're not talking any re- just any revolution, right? This is the real one, right? These are the... These are the, the the kids that are out there. Right. These uh, otherwise innocent young kids. The next leaders. Uh, 16, 17, 18 years old. I mean, I was such an idiot at that point. I mean, Don't more of an idiot than I am now even. <laughs> uh, but these kids have had enough of our bullshit, right? Uh, they are organizing and marching and fighting back. And they've got uh, like fucking flaming outfits. And they come in on chariots. <laughs> and one is called the Mockingjay. I think they're talking about the Hunger Games. That's the Hunger Games. That is the Hunger yeah. Games. The point is, it's based to them. It's the fucking it Humber Games. Nice. They're like, I, whatever the word is, like I sacrifice myself or whatever the thing she says when right. she stands up. The, all these people are doing it because you know what? We fucked it up real bad. Yeah. How many, if you had to count over the course of the conversation, how many fucks would you say that these girls gave and give in general? Uh, n- not a lot of fucks. I think it's close to fucking zero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can count them on your hand if your hand was closed tightly like a fist. Right, and their hands are closed tightly like fucking fists. <laughs> uh, our guests today are uh, Elsa Menjitsu and Emily uh, Via, and they are two of the young women behind the This Is Zero Hour campaign. Uh, started with a huge march across the country recently and is becoming so much more than that. Yes. Uh, we talked to them about how they got started, uh, why they're still going, and and what is worth fighting for. The answer is not you and me. No, no, no. They've had <laughs> enough of us. <laughs> to, to be clear... Uh, and God, are we, we lucky to have They're them. just saying, screw you, we got this. Yeah, I do feel like over the course of the conversation, conversation, it became abundantly clear that our, what we provided to them, this outlet was, we're just, we're like a, like a vessel, like a, like a, <laughs> right. just a, a vessel for their message, like a carcass of, of like something old <laughs> and dying <laughs> that still has one specific use left. Yeah. And they find that helpful. And that's to spread the word about their efforts. But otherwise, we are this just archaic relic of the the past. Just get out of the way, man. I tried to. We tried to be, you know, uh, hip, hip, and, and young. Cool. How'd and... that go? <laughs> not good. I think it's all fair, though. I mean, again, we're not the baby boomers who are just, I mean, just monsters, right? Yeah. Who still don't care about anything. That's what I mean. Like, but I, I to think them, we, we're just like accessories to the fucking crime. They're like, get, 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 get out. I tried to let get them out. know that we were on their side. Right. That's the, but to be clear, is the whole point of this fucking endeavor yeah, of yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah. And they were like, that's fine. They're like, that's adorable. Yeah. Shut up. Sh- please shut up. Shut <laughs> we have up. some shit to say. Yeah. Um, yeah you were, got some wonderful. shit to say. What do you got going on today? I, oh, well, I wanted to, I, I believe maybe it was the last episode or maybe two episodes ago. I, you were, you were telling some story. I wasn't paying attention. And I said that I wanted to talk about something. <laughs> Fucking perfect. <laughs> and it, and it, but I, we had run out of time. And now mm-hmm. now we have time. I am. My feet are up. I'm I'm listening. I just realized I left the tea kettle in the bathroom. Oh, so. perfect. Great. Um, well, I just I wanted to m- mention this because I thought you would be all about it because you bring up very often and surprise me with uh, news about God. This could be anything. wonderful. Is this how you Space feel? As Guardia. Oh, really? And I've got some news about wonderful Space Nation, Nation As Guardia. Can't wait. Uh, I have uh, received an email uh, from uh, the Space Nation of Esgardia. What's that, the email address for that for them? Uh, um, I think it's oh, 
I don't think it's one where you can like email them back. No, but I'm just curious, like how they this, this how does the space station? What is their this one is elections hyphen support at asgardia dot space. Got it. Okay. Boom. So so continue. Uh, the subject of this email is mm. become a mayor of Asgardia. Become a mayor. They are holding their mayoral elections. So they 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 uh they elected. By the way, questionable because mm-hmm. he started the whole fucking thing. Yeah. They gave that old guy the necklace. Who, right? Igor? He's in charge. <laughs> sure, Igor. I think his name's is Igor. Is his name really Igor? Yeah, Igor Jesus. Ash for Yale. Lee. Oh my god! Ash, Ash All right, Bailey. so he's got the fucking space necklace. An exciting and, and unique opportunity is upon us. Tell us about it. It is now time. Uh, for another important step in the journey to becoming the first space nation in human history, mm-hmm. the mayoral elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since the founding of Asgardia, residents have Last been calling week. for ways to directly support the nation and help build the vision have they? of the head of our nation, uh-huh. Igor Azure Bailey. Uh-huh. And that time is now here. So uh, over the next few months, hundreds of people from all over the world will stand to represent their localities and campaign to become the mayor for their Wait, the localities here on Earth? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, I thought the whole point was you're starting a new nation. Wouldn't you be a mayor of a specific locality of that new nation, not of fuck where Nebraska? No, no. But but it starts with people here. We have to have people first. So people from their localities here are going to are going to are going to rise up and they're going to say, "Hey, I want to be a mayor of some some city on Asgardia." And then we're and but what are the cities of Asgard? I, I just have technical questions. I'm confused about. My answer to that is this: candidates will raise the flag of Asgardia, reach out to new residents, and make new contacts and encourage people to vote for them. So is this like the Tom Cruise uh, Home and Away movie, like the the Land Rush or the West, where you can just like what are the defined municipalities that you're becoming the mayor of? I don't. I think maybe you find that out later. So it's a Ponzi scheme. I'm not seeing a what? lot of uh, breakdown here geographically. What is well, the what is the call to action in the email? Listen, there's no, there isn't even a space nation yet. It's a satellite the size of a toaster. Remember, so there's a lot of stuff to do, but let's prep for it now. But what are they asking you specifically to do with this email? Is it just an announcement, or is it a hey, click on this? No, it's a hey, click on this. What happens when you click on it? It brings you to a, a wonderful page is where it, is it a PayPal page? It's not a PayPal page, <laughs> not directly. Uh, it lists the responsibilities. Uh-huh. It lists the benefits. Uh-huh. It lists the requirements. What are, wait, what are the benefits? What are, whoa, what are the requirements? <laughs> what do you want to hear first? This is all too Just, good. Let's do it. Let's go, go down the list. <clears throat> well, let's go with the benefits. I feel like that's a nice one. Mm-hmm. Once you're elected mayor, you take up an official position in the first ever space nation and you run your own mayoral office for an entire year. So it's a year at a time. Uh, you obviously, you become directly involved in the growth of Asgardia. You work directly with the head of the nation's administration, which now because you're the a part of. guy, right. You, oh, this one's good. You manage your office by appointing your own deputies and PR managers. Boom. Well, all that means is it's coming out of your pocket. Yeah. Continue. Benefit number six might be my favorite. Enjoy the challenges of building a brand new nation. Fair. I'm up for that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Talk about requirements. Here's some of the requirements. First of all, you obviously have to be running to or willing to run your own office and, and fulfill the responsibilities of being a mayor. Uh, you must be at least 18 years old. And then obviously you must pay an initial registration fee of 100 mm-hmm. euros. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that's about it. You know, that's it. That's about Those it. are the requirements to yeah. be a mayor of a space station. Yes. Space nation. Oh, 
I'm I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. So it's I don't know. It seems pretty cool. Pay, be eighteen and pay a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's it. The elections are um under uh, way. They uh they end on September 9th. Uh, so um so it's a little bit late in the in the process. I probably won't oh, run. Oh no no, you're running, pal. But I could have. This is a business expense. Uh, <laughs> you're running for sure. Pretty cool. So uh, I'll yeah I'll, I'll keep you guys uh, updated with what's going on. So here's there. what we're going to do on the next podcast mm-hmm. is you're going to on air apply mm-hmm. for this. Okay, and then we're going to just see how it all goes. Yeah, I'm, I guess I am curious. I need to sign up and vote for the Constitution uh, in order to take part in it. But I definitely already signed up. I don't think I voted on the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna. It's all. It's very exciting. Very exciting stuff. Okay, keep us in the loop. Yeah. We're gonna check in. We'll do. And um, and this is gonna be very exciting. I cannot wait to hear what I your mean, actual. Can you imagine me? Can I ask you a question, a Mayor? What do you think a, a real mayor does? What it, off the cuff? What would you say? Is a day-to-day job of a mayor. Uh, he probably goes to the office. She, he or she. He or she. Well, I was thinking of me. Oh. Uh, he or she goes to the office. Mm. Uh, there's probably somebody who's bringing uh, coffee to this person. Uh, you are probably sitting at your computer a lot. There's a lot of people coming in, asking questions, signing these documents. What do you think about this? Some guy called uh, and wants to tell you about his backyard flooding. You know, there's like there's little things you got to deal with. Uh, so probably a lot of that. I see mostly that stuff. And you got to talk. Oh, you got to talk to people. You got to talk. You got to. You got to be on the front lines, like the mayor of Beverly Hills. She's mm. out there every week, fucking with her weird outfits and like showing the people that she's one of them. It's like that. I cannot wait to see how all this goes. <laughs> uh, we will check in back later with Brian's now official official campaign, campaign. <laughs> to be a mayor of some of part some of completely Asgardia. undefined. Uh, you should see the video. The video they sent out as Guardian looks beautiful. Yeah, that's going in the show notes. Looks beautiful. Okay, I cannot wait to see. We will check in with that and see how it goes. I'm excited. Okay, is that all you got today? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and we'll talk about this cool Star Wars thing later. Ooh, I got some cool shit to tell you about Star Wars. Okay, bookmark reality. that. Great. All right, thank you. We should probably talk to Elsa and Emily. Yep. Our guests today are Elsa Mengistu and Emily Via from the Incredible Zero Hour campaign. Uh, and together we're going to talk about the fucking revolution. Uh, and I, you know, I don't mean the revolution that all the 35 year old white people are, are quote unquote leading. Uh, no offense. Uh, it's great. It's helpful. It's where a lot of money's coming from. That group includes us. Uh, but these, uh, women, young women and others like them are eligible to vote for the first time or maybe not even eligible yet, or they might be by November. Uh, and, on the list includes their countries at war in like 50 places across the globe, and we only know half of them. Uh, civil rights are getting squashed out on the rake. Inequality is raging. Environmental justice is, I don't know, non-existent. Uh, we've got fires and <laughs> floods and dogs and cats are living together. Uh, <laughs> but great news. These folks are uh, doing the opposite of sitting on their asses. Uh, they are fighting from day one because uh, they feel like they have to and they want to. It's pretty inspiring. Um, so let's, uh, hear from them. Elsa, Emily, welcome. Hi, thank you for having Hi. us. For sure. For sure. We're very happy to have you here, girls. Uh, let, let's just start off easy. Um, give us, uh, give us all a little, a little backstory. Just, uh, who are you girls and, and what do you do? Okay. Um, I'll start. So my name's Emily. Um, I'm from Whittier, California and I'm 18 years old. So I just graduated high school, which is really exciting. Congratulations. 
Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so I kind of got it. I kind of got started um, through my high school. We had an environmental club at my school, and I just decided to join. And I became really involved my junior year with that. And so coming into my senior year, I actually became president of it. And we just did small projects here and there, like beach cleanups. And we had guest speakers. And so one day we had a guest speaker from Citizens Climate Lobby. So they focus a lot on the carbon fee and dividend. Yeah, we know them. Yeah. So um, I loved it. And so I ended up attending some of their meetings, other monthly meetings through there. Yeah, I'm still a part of it and everything. And it's great. And I met Van through Citizens Climate Lobby, and he's an amazing mentor to me. And he's always trying to find projects for me to do that involve youth. And so one day I was at school and he forwarded me an article of the Rolling Stones and it featured Jamie in it, who's the founder of Zero Hour. Mm -hmm. And he just emailed me and he was like, I think this is a great opportunity and you should definitely try to get in contact with them. So I just emailed her. And ever since then, I've just been a part of Zero Hour. That's pretty much it. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it, man. Just jumping on it. Uh, Elsa, what about you? Um, so yeah, um, I was, I was, I'm a year below Emily. So when I found Zero Hour, I was just scrolling on Facebook. I had just really started to get into community organizing of March for Our Lives. And so I saw this guy tweet or uh, I guess Facebook post, if any youth would like to hold a March or a Zero Hour rally in our town, I'd love to help out and i was like mm-hmm. what the fuck is this so i went to their account and i just saw like their their post and like most environmental organizations focus solely on the on the climate and like environmental issues they never get into issues regarding race gender class or how different systems of oppression and just general systems impact people differently through the lens of climate change and so that really drawed me that really made me want to get involved with them and so i just emailed them and i was like this is this is like what i'm good at and if there's any way i could help out i would love to help out and i've been with them for a few months now and we organized the march on dc and we had dozens of global sister marches and this is where we're at right now so it's really exciting that's so cool man so when you emailed them and you and you told them what you were good at what did you say uh, I focused on with March for Our Lives. I really did partnerships and communications and public speaking and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm good at speaking. Um, I'm good at communication or like just like general, like I guess a resume. Yeah, <laughs> not, right? not a resume, but I was like, this is what I'm good at. And if you guys like would ever need help with with would like help with any of these, I'm more than willing to help out. And I it was weird because now I'm on the volunteer management team and I'll go through like how many people want to volunteer. And I'm like, how the hell was I like chosen out of like, it's so (laughs) weird. And like, it it was just like, like a random chance. Like, like if I didn't pester them, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) Right. Persistence is pretty important. Yeah, it is. And also maybe just don't ask questions. Just roll with it. You got the spot, you know? (laughs) Um, So two things, Brian, what would you, what would you email in as your list of strengths and things that you could contribute? Well, what now we have to talk about this? <laughs> yeah, right now. Can I put? I'm, sh- I'm sure that Ten Emily seconds. and Elsa had some time to prepare. Nope, you don't have time. What is your quick list of things that you'd be able to offer? Uh, I, I am 
good at um, making people laugh. Your time is sometimes half up. already half up. Yep. How many more seconds do I have? <laughs> Two now. And hire me. <laughs> great. That's great. Good luck. <laughs> There's this amazing story of uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but Da Vinci sent in his resume uh, to I think it was the Medici's of like things he could do to help the war, and he's like, yeah, I can build a flying plane. I can build catapults. I can draw art. I can uh, make ships disappear in the sea. And they're like, who the fuck is this yeah, guy? Yeah, what? Like, what? And it's floating around the internet somewhere. We'll put it in the show notes. It's like Da Vinci's resume. And it just makes you feel like an asshole. You're oh like, my all right, God. fine. All right. Yeah, I can't build a flying machine. Yeah, mine's but, not that good. Um, all right. Uh, that's awesome. All right, Brian, you want to you wanna get them set up for how we are tone on this thing? Absolutely. Basically, this is what we like to do on this podcast. Chat with you. And uh, in that conversation, come up with, questions that we can ask and uh, answers that we can get from you that are action oriented. We want everybody who's listening to this to be able to walk away from this episode, uh, knowing that they uh, have a voice and they can, and they can take some action to, to help your cause and, and help our, our, our whole cause. Um, so, so we'll just uh, set up our, our conversation for today like that. Uh, Quinn's going to give you some context. We're going to figure out uh, what the hell to do, how to do it, why we want to do it. And, uh, Keep the revolution going. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, whatever we can do, even if the answer is get the hell out of the way and let us do it. You've screwed everything <laughs> up. Uh, we understand. Um, so listen, uh, ladies, we start with one important question. Uh, if you each of you could answer, that'd be wonderful. So instead of saying, tell us uh, your life story, we like to ask um, Emily and, and Elsa, why are you vital to the survival of the species? <laughs> that's a hard question. I know. That's why just, I ask it. Yeah, like, this isn't going to be easy, ladies. I encourage you uh, to be bold, to be honest. Why do you? Uh, what I guess what it, maybe since since you were little, which was like last year to to now, uh, or the past year, like what what has made you feel like shit, man? This is what I'm here. This is what I'm here to do. At least right now. I mean, we're. I think we're so vital to the future just because we are the future. Mm-hmm. Not to be mean or anything, but. The no, older generations me. haven't really done anything to help us. And we kind of have to pick up the pieces and the mess that you guys made. And so I think it's so important that the youth kind of speaks out and tries to fix the problem. So I think that's pretty much the basis of why we're so vital. Yeah, that sounds that's, incredible. That's pretty correct. The front, I, it reminds me of the, the cover of, of your webpage. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Yep, it's incredible. Which is like awesome and empowering, and also like, yeah, uh, we 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 fucked it up. Yeah, pretty it makes good. me feel terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it should. Uh, Elsa, what about you? What what specifically makes you feel like you're vital to the survival of the species? Um, kind of adding on to what Emily said. I mean, you guys kind of did fuck everything up, but <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> sorry. There's a cycle to life, and with every generation in its youth, they oftentimes push for some kind of social change. And where my generation is right now in its youth, it's our time to advocate for some kind of change. And whether that be that change be environmental justice, Black Lives Matter, Me Too, um, any of those issues that are kind of happening all at the same time, we are all vital in pushing society in one way. Um, if you look at our grandparents, or our parents, even whatever they did in their youth, it set up um, our world to, for how it is right now. Mm-hmm. And although our world right now may be a little sucky, granted, it is a little better than it was 50, 60 years ago. In a lot of ways, so, yeah. 
Yeah. And so I think our role as human beings in this society and just as our species, we have to push our world a little more to the better side of what it could be. And so that's why I think I'm vital and why I think youth like me are vital and we always will be because it's a cycle in my view, I guess. No, I love it. That's that's awesome, man. So I guess that that is what is the the fuel empowering you guys every day. Could you give us again sort of context for all of our listeners here? Because it, it feels like, understandably, there's a different march every weekend. But you know, you guys are are are, are have has such a great specific mission. Could you just give us the overview of two things? One is like, tell us about this zero hour, where it came from, and what it's what its original goal was and what its goal is now. And then also sort of each of your roles in that capacity real quick. Well, Zero Hour started about a year and one month ago. Um, Like, yeah, literally a year and one month ago. Um, It started with Jamie reaching out to Nadia or Nadia reaching out to Jamie. And they kind of all just like, it was just a group of teenagers that met like at Princeton or at some camp. And they're like, the world is literally dying and we're inheriting this mess. And so they like decided to, they just kept brainstorming for a while and they were like, what's something that we can do? So they decided to do a march on Washington, but that wasn't going to be like our focal point for like the rest of the organization's life. Um, And so they wanted to see how they could set themselves apart in an environmental movement that is very white and old. Mm -hmm. And so they did that by like producing our platform, which I guess can be seen as radical by some means. Um, It's just really addressing the root causes of climate change and how different communities are impacted by environmental policy and climate change differently than other communities are. And how do we assess, um, how do we take that information and how do we use that in our activism so that we address everybody, not just one thing, not that, not so we whitewash this, not so we leave out indigenous communities who have been left out of these conversations for ages sure. or ha- like any community that's been marginalized. And so they took that focus and they took it to their activism. And I guess that is what Zero Hour is about. It's a movement by the youth for the youth is a movement by students of color for students of color, um, by queer people for queer people. Um, wherever your identity lies, there's a place for you at zero hour. And that's how that's that's the foundations they wanted to set for zero hour. It's not like any other organization that just brings the science to this. There's humanity behind like the science and the data. Um, and it's like that's the origins of it. And I, that's the focus of that's the focus that they had when they started it. And that's the focus that they're going to continue having. If that answers your question. Yeah, no, for sure. And and can you talk a little bit just just for a minute what that radical seeming platform is specifically? Um, Okay, it may not be radical to like Gen Z, I guess, but it may be radical to um, Congress or like older people that really. I guess don't. Um, I guess calling out systems of oppression, understanding how colonialism and imperialism has gotten us to this part of like the world where we don't care if there's like a specific amount of natural resources and we don't care if we use them all and there's none left and we don't care that um, the world or the earth is like decays every time we like continuously use them. Um, like those systems have gotten us to this point and we address, like we're not calling for the abolition of capitalism, but we're calling to understand like how has capitalism 
impacted climate change or mm -hmm. how has racism impacted environmental policies and people that are dealing with climate change? How are frontline communities being impacted by these, these issues on a day to day basis? And why are they being left out? Which all point to these systems of oppression that exist that they're out of our control. And I guess the I guess the radical net sense in that is addressing the root issue of these right. instead of maybe calling for a ban on plastic straws, which I guess is good, but plastic straws are only one percent of it's the plastic in the ocean. Like getting rid of those does nothing other than makes make some people feel good. Our radicalness yeah. is the fact that we go beyond um simple short solutions and we address things that actually create these issues in the first place. Yeah, and, and that's such a great fucking answer because look, the radical straws thing is like, yeah, it's not great, man. We use whatever, like half a billion plastic straws a day. Like uh, turtles are not pleased about the straw fetish we have, but you know, there uh, I, I w I've been glad to talk with some folks and, and hear some folks mention that, you know, yes, it's great when Starbucks and McDonald's and whoever are like, oh, we're not going to use plastic straws anymore. But that's a really easy way to make ourselves feel good about the fact that right. everything else is fucked and we're not doing anything to address the root causes. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's great, but it's such a distraction. And, and uh, it's so awesome to hear you guys are very happy to keep peeling back the layers and turning the mirror on everyone and saying like, you aren't dealing with the causes, with the root issues of these things. Awesome. So, uh, Emily, can you talk a little bit about what your specific role is there? And then we're going to sort of get into today. Yeah. So um, when I first emailed Jamie, um, when I was in CCL, I worked a little bit on the funding side. Mm -hmm. So when I emailed her, I was like, I'm good at fundraising. I could potentially do that because to put on a march, it does take quite a bit of money. And so she put me on the fundraising team. And so I don't even know how many months it's been that I've been on the team, but ever since then, we've kind of just been reaching out to donors and foundations asking for money. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing. But recently, I became head of the social media team, mm -hmm. which also like Elsa, I don't even know how that happened, but it's been great. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. Brian's the head of our social media team, and he also has no idea how the hell that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just get put in a place, you do your best job, your boss yeah. yells at you sometimes. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But I do buy you coffee. I, You're such a sweet man. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. All I can think about is, is at 17 and 18, how I was pretty proud of my lifeguarding jobs. Uh, and it, uh, I do not want to begin to talk about what was going on in my life when I was 17 and eight years, 18 years old. No, no, I don't think anybody you, wants to you hear You are about blowing that. my minds with your uh, responsibility and leadership. Ladies, yeah. I'm extremely impressed. Thank you so much for being better than me. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. So listen, we're going to establish a little more context uh, for today's uh, chatting about the revolution. Just some notes. Um, about what's going on. Brian can ask questions if he gets confused and Elsa and Emily can jump in, correct us, tell us we're wrong, hang up. Who knows? We'll see. Please don't hang up. So there's kind of two generations that are, that are hopefully will, will have and uh, on, on voting day on November 6th have the biggest impact both out of opportunity. Lord, we need it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and pure volume. Um, so the first, the older ones is millennials, right? Uh, every the older folks like to bitch about these guys. They're right now. I think they're defined as like tw age twenty two to thirty six, something like that. Twenty four, thirty six. They've I gotten older. It. 
Uh, and they're projected to finally outnumber baby boomers, uh, which is really the people who screwed this place up. Yeah. Uh, as the biggest generation in America by volume, I think in a couple of years, like 71 million versus 74 million today. Oh, wow. Um, and the baby boomers, of course, are declining uh, because they're old. And that's what happens. Uh, <laughs> it's nature. It's sad, but that's nature. In the middle, we got Generation X. Uh, everybody forgets about those guys. There's only about 60 million of them uh, born in the middle when America wasn't having a lot of babies. But millennials are more uh, demographically diverse. There's more immigrants. There's less attachment to the way things have always been done. Uh, they are fairly pissed off about the direction this place is going. Uh, but then we get to Generation Z. And that is uh, loosely defined as mid-1990s to mid-2000s. So they're an even bigger generation. But uh, obviously not all of those folks can vote yet. Um, but there is definitely a huge number that have turned 18 since the 2000 election or will by November. Yeah. And certainly by 2020, if, um, we, if we're still around at that point, um, uh, <laughs> oh, God. loose demographics, 54, only 54% Caucasian, which is amazing. Uh, 24% Hispanic, uh, 14% African, African American, 4% Asian, 4, 4% multiracial, uh, just so different than any of the previous directions on how they've looked, which is part of what makes these white baby boomers terrified, right. of course, because they want to hold on to real America, which is an entirely separate God, discussion. In that way, it's like so exciting to think about the future, right? Like that they're, they're, they're going to be this many people that are not just fucking old white people that yep. have a say. Yep. It's going to be really different. So Ugh. you guys grew up with technology. It's part of your life uh, since you were embryos. <laughs> you have seen a paradigm shift in tech basically every 12 months, which is the good and the bad of we as we've noticed in the past couple of years. Uh, the question is whether millennials and, and more especially uh, this generation Z, will, whether you guys will turn out to vote uh, young folks traditionally uh, don't turn out to vote as much as older generations. Right. And basically nobody votes in midterms. The challenge on November 6th is it is a midterm. And we desperately need all the young people, these newly eligible young people, to vote. Uh, that, of course, isn't to say that there are uh, one large homogenous people, of course. Many are conservative and principled. Some probably aren't, of course. But a good number are progressive and they're fired up. And as Brian has said a thousand times, we know we fucked up. We fucked up. We know we need you. We know we're depending on you. And we're pretty terrified. So we need to know to believe, but we also need to help however we can to turn your activism into votes. So we're going to get a little more backstory today so that people will help get on board how that uh, activism is manifesting from the inside, from you guys, and see what we can do to help. Or the answer, as has been the case a number of times, has been get the hell out of the way. So, ladies, let's talk about the revolution. When did you guys realize, I guess as as you've talked to a number of people and you've been part of things over the past year that you really were going to not just with a March, but you're for the, for, for the foreseeable future, you're going to have to take shit into your own hands. Like a, like a 1980s action hero, you know, that you guys really honestly could not depend on anyone older than you to fix this nightmare nightmare. We've been going on. What is sort of the discussion around that? I don't know when I really realized that it was such a huge issue. I think, I think every day it's kind of like you learn something new and then you realize, oh shit, we have to fix that too. Yeah. And so seems never ending. Um, I think, especially like the last couple of years, I live in California mm-hmm. and the wildfires have been getting so unbelievably bad. And I think that it kind of just opened my eyes to, they put this on the news and they put all these 
disasters that's happening all over the world on the news, but then they forget about it in a couple of days. And no one's really solving the actual issue. And so I think just over time, I realized no one's actually paying attention to these important issues. And so I think that's what's so great about Zero Hour. We're addressing the problem before it gets any worse. So that's pretty much how I really got into it. And what seems to be, you know, again, what what is the tone when it comes to sort of the older generations when you guys are are organizing together? Is it fuck those guys, we'll do it ourselves? Is it fuck those guys, uh, but if they want to donate money, that'll help? Or <laughs> you know, is what it what is welcomed versus uh, what is what makes you guys feel like it would be better if you just handle most of these things on your own, which is fair. Yeah. So. For example, when I was in CCL, those it was mostly them taking over just because mm-hmm. I was very outnumbered. I was the only youth there. So um, with Zero Hour, we've really had this platform of kids who have a say. I mean, a lot of them are under 18, so they can't vote. And so they don't have a voice in the elections. And so I think it's been great that they've been given this kind of platform where they could talk about what matters to them, even though they can't vote. And so I think it's great when older generations give guidance and advice, but I also think it's important to let youth have this one, just like let us take over because we are the ones that have to live in it. And they keep Mm -hmm. making these decisions for us that we don't agree with and they don't listen to us yet. We're the ones that have to live with the consequences of what they've done. Mm -hmm. Hey Elsa, where, where are you located? I'm located in Greensboro High Point area of North Carolina, unfortunately. But I'm- <laughs> <laughs> we were we were talking about North Carolina before you got on the line. I think it's beautiful over there. I mean, I guess unless you want HB two, oh. but that's my. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> good luck getting out of there. Then, <laughs> um, <laughs> has there any? You know, uh, Emily mentioned the the wildfires being something very local, very real uh, in her life that that like sort of jump you know jump started or, or kicked off uh, her getting involved. Is there anything like that uh, that happened uh, in your area that that made you want to? I guess are you are you guys how are how and and if are you applying your efforts uh, locally or regionally? That's actually a good question. That's something I'm still figuring out. I didn't necessarily join Zero Hour as like a, a like a around the clock environmentalist. Like I was just someone that right. was like, "Fuck, climate change is obviously real." Like, like I like I don't like it was just like common sense to me. Like this shit is human made. Isn't it's that here. Wonderful? Like what I are wish we gonna do? Like to everyone. it was just common sense to me. Like I didn't have to like read pages and pages of scientific data for me to believe it. No, so you just had to look with your eyes. I'm still figuring out what I can do in my community, but um something that has impacted our community. It might not be climate change, but it is poor environmental policy is like yeah. having Duke Energy spill coal ash or oil or some fuck shit into our streams and lakes and have people suffer those consequences and have elected officials not do anything like that's something that really pushed me into like caring about the environment um not necessarily the fact that climate change is here because i think that should be like something that's like like water is wet like we all fucking know that 
Um, it was just seeing how disastrous, <laughs> like, poor policy can be for people. Sure. Um, and so, it's like, that pushed me into, like, caring about the environment. And I've kind of been trying to navigate how I myself can be active in that fight, whether it be going to town halls and holding people accountable or raising, like, donations for people that can't even drink the water that comes out of their sinks. Like, yeah. That's some, something I'm still trying to figure out. I think that's something a lot of us are still trying to figure out. So I wonder if there's a version of, and maybe you guys already have this, uh, are there any sort of, you know, materials? Because the thing we talk about a lot is, is you know, people both see the biggest, they see the issues most clearly on their local level. Uh, literally, like you said, the water in their area or the air in their area. But and, and it's also where they can have the biggest effect, you know, talking to their city council or their mayor or, or whatever, um, or, or running for office. Uh, have you guys developed any sort of materials or tools that are youth focused uh, that they can use to take that sort of action uh, to go talk to their little, little uh, to their city council or their high school or or to start? Uh, more local chapters of zero hour, things like that, just to, to give them a head start on taking action? Um, yeah, we have. Um, currently, right now, we're focusing on Congress because there is like a short congressional break, at least for the House. And so we've been urging people to go to town halls, but we know that can't be our only and major focus because right. Congress really hasn't done anything since it's been created. Um, and so... I think our focus now is seeing how we can go on the local level. These are discussions we're having within our own organization, just figuring out what spaces that we can fit into and create the most change and like have tangible results. Um, we've been looking at partnering with some organizations and going to speak to school boards or going to speak mm -hmm. to city councils or like visiting your county commissioner. Like what can you do on a local level? So yeah, we don't have anything written out, produced right now, but those are like avenues that we're looking to go down because most change does happen on the local level. Hey guys, it's Quinn. If you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts and you probably like music too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can download episodes to listen to offline, wherever you might be, and you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social platforms like Instagram. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. You can just search for Important Not Important on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Very convenient. And of course, you can follow us so you never miss an episode of Important Not Important. Uh, Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service, and now it can be your go-to for podcasts, too. Yeah, and, and I, I wonder if there's something curious about, you know, a lot of things, you know, towns and municipalities and, 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 and cities are really focused on is getting young people when they leave high school or when they leave, mostly when they leave high school, to either they go to college or they come back or they don't go to college, whatever it is getting young people to live in their city or their town because people always want to leave their town. Right. And sometimes you come back, you discover bigger. it's a great place to live or whatever. But I wonder if there's some sort of pressure that can be put on these places by the young people uh, when they go to school boards or they go to their superintendents, or they go to their city councils to say like, 
uh, it's not blackmailed, but to be like, look, you know, whether, whether we come back and stay in this area is very dependent on the actions that you're willing to take over the next few years to make this a healthier place to live, uh, knowing that all these things are coming. And I, I'm curious what kind of fire that could light under these, these folks as they're, as they're weighing the benefits of how they spend their city budgets each year. You know, like, I almost wonder, like, what are the things, like, Emily, what are the things that, that Whittier would have to do uh, to make you want to come back and, and, and start your own consulting group or, or whatever the hell it is from, from that area and be there and raise a family if you want a family or, or whatever, you know, to make you go like, oh, this is a place that is taking action. You know, what, what, are, they behind, what are they behind on uh, that you feel like you could push them to do, again, by saying something like, hey, look, I, I don't speak for everybody, but I can tell you that nobody wants to be part of a place that's not taking action. Uh, what do you have to do? I'm curious about that. So I've spoken multiple times at my city's council meetings. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the most important things or the things that they listen to the most is when you put pressure on them. Mm -hmm. So when you tell them we're going to be voting soon, or just like you said, if we want to come back to live here. And so I know that when I speak to them, I always make sure to say, I'm going to be voting soon. Mm -hmm. And if you want my vote, you have to pass legislation that's environmentally friendly. And that's when they really start listening. And I know that's how they passed a bill for some solar energy. I'm not quite sure what it was about, but it mm -hmm. had to do with an environmental policy. So I know that they've been making progress, but there's so much more they could do. I know that they tried cutting down some of the trees and it's just, they, those trees have been there for so many years and it makes my city the city that it is like that's why it's so beautiful mm -hmm. and so to cut down all these trees and just it's horrible and i think that that's something that they could really do to make people want to come back and live here and sure. just putting pressure on them honestly is the biggest thing that they listen to that's really good to hear that you that you are actually uh being heard and not that they're or maybe it is that 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 they are afraid of of not uh, of not getting your vote, uh, and that they're not you know just kind of writing you off because you're because you're young because that's actually it's actually a huge strength that you guys have is that you are you are the next generation. Yeah, it, it just almost seems like again it it's at this point like how how do we put like the fear of fucking God in right, these people? Right. We, it's almost like you need to terrify them. Uh, you know, to, to just be up there and be like, Hey, look, you know, old, old white guy who's been on my city council board for, for 30 fucking years. Here's the deal. You know, I have X followers. I'm part of this campaign. Uh, I, I can and do speak for these people locally and our votes count equally, uh, as much as anyone else's, any baby boomer vote, uh, one, one vote is one vote. Here's the stakes. Like these are the, these are the table stakes to get our votes. Because uh, again, like talking with a lot of these cities and towns, like without considering all the stuff, all they ever think about is how do we get young people to live and work here? Right. And, and if there's a threat that those people are actually organized in some way and are not just like deciding it based on what they like, or does the town have good food or whatever, that they're just like, here's the things you need to do. Here's the list of things you need to do, or we're not coming back or we're leaving. I mean, that would terrify these people. And I, I just feel like I'm on board. I'm on board at this point, which with whatever gets shit done. Cause like you said, yeah. local local is where we're going to see the most change. 
It's got to start there. We were talking yeah. about this on the last podcast. It's it's great when something's uh you know a big issue is uh, broadcast on on uh, TV nationally and everything. But when you're when it's when some big issue is affecting literally the way you live and your friends and your family live in your town, like that's what's going to get you fired up. And then if that keeps happening locally everywhere, then you have a huge group of people, all different localities that want you know similar similar change. Yeah. So, uh, what are, are there, are there independent chapters of, of zero hour? I know this is all really new and you guys have so much on your plates, like for instance, high school, um, <laughs> uh, which was hard enough. Um, you know, what are sort of the local options for kids who aren't involved yet? I work on the partnerships team and global outreach. And so I have noticed that we do have a lot of people wanting to start local chapters and clubs and go for it. It's not something that like, we can necessarily like give all our resources to like help start up and sure. do stuff like that. But if you want to use zero, zero hours name and messaging and like support our same message and like our general platform, go for it and do what you see fit for your community. If you want to start a high school club and focus on issues that you see happening in your school that negatively impact the environment, mm-hmm. go for it. If you're a student that's concerned about the dirty water that's coming out of your taps, like go for it. Um, like do whatever you want. Like our sister actions, like our sister marches, they weren't all marches. Like they're very specific to the, to people and like their needs. Like, I think that's something that's really cool about zero hour. Like we don't want to speak for one community or we don't want to force the same solution for one. So we have dozens of solutions, like whatever you see fit for your people do it. And zero hour would love to help. I love that because you, uh, you are correct. I mean, I'm sure there's some repeatable tools uh, that, that can be used or platforms, but it, it is really different in every locality and in, in region, whether you're on the coast or you're not, or whether, you know, you face fires or you don't, or or whether your town already has some solar or has a lot or has none, or it has wind or it doesn't have the potential. You know, it's like there's a million different variables, but 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 putting these things down as table stakes and letting them know that you are 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 going to take action one way or another uh feels like a hell of a way to get things going here so i'm curious what your guys thoughts on are all, all these sort of lawsuits that are out there um of of the youth that are suing uh the companies or they're suing their states or their cities a lot of them are have begun to get tossed out not just the ones from the use when the cities are suing the fossil fuel companies um there's one tossed out by judge i think in washington state yesterday you know they're not working as well as anyone hoped. Do you guys have any thoughts? Do you work with any of those or have talked to anybody on those things? Well, I know Jamie, right, Elsa? Jamie was on the... Yeah, Jamie, she's on that, yeah. She was um, on the... It's Youth versus Gov. I think that's the one with Jutesca. Yeah. Yeah. She was on the lawsuit for Washington, right? Emily? Yeah. Yeah, but I know that that lawsuit was tossed out. And I just... It's really aggravating. I know she tweeted something recently where that same, I think it was, was it the senator? I don't know who it was, but someone from Washington was talking about how climate change is a huge issue, Mm -hmm. yet they worked so vigorously to make sure that that lawsuit didn't pass. Mm -hmm. And so it's really aggravating to hear so many politicians say, yes, it's an issue and it's so important that we fix it. Yet they do everything in their power to make sure that no change happens. And I think that it's really disheartening to see all these lawsuits just be thrown out the window because it's 
it's a game changer to have these paths. And so it's just, it sucks really. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you run into that feeling, uh, quite a bit is it sucks for, for you guys. I mean, obviously that is a, that is a nightmare situation and hopefully we can all figure out a, a different, I guess, route to take or direction to go with that. Or so just that, get better people in office. That would be good. Um, what do you personally, what are the biggest obstacles that, that you ladies run into while you're, while you're fighting for your lives? Um, I have to say people don't care. Like, like when people talk about, oh, this country is so divided. Oh, people are so political or, or like, like, no, like there's so, like the amount of people that are actually political or actually give a shit about something is so like small compared to the amount of people that have apathy towards everything. It's so aggravating. Like, yeah. like you'll, li- you'll literally be fighting for your life, like to live or to walk out peacefully or not to like to be harassed or discriminated or to have clean air to breathe in and like people literally just don't give a shit until it impacts them and then by the time it impacts them it's too late right. and like that's the that's the biggest road roadblock in my opinion like i know how much i can do like you can give me like a senator that doesn't give a shit and is like crappy and has a shitty voting record like so what or you can give me you can give me like a bunch of like crappy people that will do anything in their power to like oppose like my rights but like, like those people, like they're so powerful because they give a shit. Like they're actually advocating for what they believe what believe in, and unfortunately, what they believe in, in my opinion, is trash. But they're doing something about it, and there's just such a huge chunk of the population that doesn't care about anything mm-hmm. that you can't get anything done. Like mm-hmm. that's so frustrating. Yeah, it's really frustrating because I hear so many people, especially like when I was in high school. So many people took in our, our environmental science class and we had an amazing teacher who mm-hmm. always talked about climate change. And there were so many kids that were always like, oh my God, the world's going to shit. Like, it's just horrible. But then I'm saying like, oh, I'm president of our Club Eco. You should come to our meetings. You should do all of this because it's an important issue that we're trying to fight. And then no one shows up. And just to hear everyone complain but not take action is i think the most aggravating thing in the world because you know we need people backing us up and if there's no one backing us up then our voice isn't as loud as it could be and you know one of the things we try to focus on someone just mentioned there's a rolling stone article that's coming out that's basically like this is the end of humanity and it's like uh, okay you know it's 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 not great but what's interesting is is you know the psychology of uh and there's you know been a plenty of research into this is if you basically just say like everything is fucked we're fucked no one's going to really do anything uh a lot of the time yeah, because there's the best route. nobody really sees in that statement and assessment an opportunity for progress but if you say like things aren't great uh but here's the the wins we're we're having and this is where we can still have a big impact if if we do x and y that is more helpful and more constructive uh, so we we do try to point folks in that direction because, you know, like you said, uh, for whatever reason, when when people are just like it's really bad, and then they won't even show up to a meeting, uh, that's that's not really helpful. So that's why we we try to point towards action. Do you guys find any apathetic folks from? I mean, I guess you were just saying there's people in even right. even your class. So when people, you know, when everybody who's forty and white is like, oh, don't worry, Generation Z is going to save us again. It's not everybody. Um, you guys, not everyone is signed up for zero hour. 
What, how do you talk to the folks in your own generation to try to get them on board? How is that different from uh, yelling at a congressman? Yeah. So the way I always approached it was I was like, it's so easy to get involved. I mean, for me, the way that I started out was once a month, I went to a CCL meeting mm-hmm. and it's just like three hours of your day that could make a change. And I went recently to go lobby for Ian Calderon to try to get him to sign on to the SB 100 bill in California. And who who is he? Ian Calderon. He's an assembly member. Okay. It was just, it was a 30 minute like meeting. And so there's so many small actions that you can take. And I think that it's kind of overwhelming sometimes, at least for me, when I started out, I felt like I would watch all these documentaries and read all these articles. And I felt like I just had to change the world. At least for me, it was like, I had to tackle it head on. And once I realized like, no, I can do something on the local level. It doesn't have to be huge, but it'll make a change. I think that helped me so much more because I started doing these local actions that helped. And so that's what I tell all the kids that I meet that are kind of like, Oh, it takes so much effort though. It's like, no, it doesn't. You just have to show up for a 30 minute meeting and just talk about the fact that it's your life that's in danger mm-hmm. and you can make a change just from that. I mm-hmm. think that that's how I always approach it. It's just a small act that you can do. Sure. Do you find a lot of success doing that? Like, Does that work? Yeah. I mean, it's still difficult. You always find people that are always like, oh yeah, of course I'll do it. And then they don't do then, it. Right, but right. I know that when I always approach people through that, they were always willing to sign a petition or to attend a meeting. And so that's been really amazing to see. Elsa, what about you? I agree with what Emily just said, like wholeheartedly, but call people out, like call people out on their BS. That's the only way people care. Like people will go out of their way to avoid humiliation or feeling like they're like, like they're being called out on their BS. Like, that's how you get congressional members to like get in line and actually do their job. Like it's the same for average day-to-day people or not even just calling them out, just like explain, like showing them how, like what they're being apathetic to impacts them or how it impacts people around them. Like draw the lines for them because some people won't do it themselves. And like, obviously like we don't want to like sit down and educate people or tell them all the shit all the time. Cause it takes energy and it's, 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 Like it takes time, but call people out and explain to them how and why this stuff matters. Like that's like, in addition to what Emily just said, like, that's all I can say. Like, I don't know. Like, it's so confusing. Like it's frustrating to me. Like, so that's all I can do personally. Sure. Yeah. It seems like it makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah. So ladies, what would you say? How could you, uh, uh, help our listeners and direct our listeners um, to, to, to help your cause, you know, imagining that they're uh, mostly millennials and, and, and Gen X, like how, how can we help specifically? What, what do you need us to do? Um, Yeah. So right now, currently zero hours doing the town hall, which also kind of talked about, and it's such an easy way to go talk to your elected officials and tell them, this is something that I'm concerned about. And you don't have to be, I think people think that they have to know everything about climate change, like Mm -hmm. all the scientific facts and everything. I know for me, I don't know every single thing about climate change. I just know that it's something that's going to dictate my future for the rest of my life. Should be enough. 
Yeah. So you just <laughs> you really deal. have to just go up there and just tell them why it matters to you. So so do you guys have materials uh that that people can arm themselves with to go and do that? This is what I mean. Like we get, let's get specific here. Like where did literally what website do they go to, et cetera, et cetera? Um, go to our social media accounts. This is zero hour. Um, and we have partnered with Sunrise, who we're asking people to take the Sunrise No Fossil Fuel Challenge or not challenge, pledge. Um, and so Sunrise has created a toolkit with us um, detailing where you can go find um, your representatives, what kind of questions to ask, how to prep, stuff like this. Like there are like a few on our Instagram and our Twitter where you can just go like look this stuff up and it's simple, it's quick, it's fast. Or you can go to townhall.org and townproduct.org and you can just type in your zip code or your district and it'll tell you a list of um, events coming up and just choose one and look at the t- look at it. Okay, ask your questions. Like it's so simple. Awesome. Well, that's that's what we need. I mean, we're a bunch of big dumb animals. So the more you can give us really <laughs> simple, specific steps is super helpful. What about uh, financial support? Does Zero Hour taking donations and, and also where, how are they used if so? Yeah. So um, I know the donations that we got before the March, we largely use that for the March. Uh-huh. And currently the town hall isn't using a ton of money, mm-hmm. but for the next couple of projects that we are going to do, which we still need to discuss, I know that they're going to take money. So we're all for donations. We'll take them. Um, and Always it, seems to it help. helps us um, just kind of spread the word about our movement. Are there people being uh, officially paid or is this still all entirely volunteer non-paid? It's, it's mainly volunteer based, but we did, we did hire two or three people in DC. Um, we hired two local community organizers to go into um, brown, like underrepresented brown and black communities to teach um, the youth, teach youth about environmental issues and how that stuff impacts them and what they can do themselves. Mm-hmm. So more of our like advocacy and community outreach aspect, we did hire two people for that. So, I mean, no one on the team is paid. We're all volunteers. Got it. Is that still happening? Has that uh, been successful? Um, yeah, a lot of our, um, the lot of people that showed up to the march are a lot of people that showed up to our other events or people like we've built a base in DC and it's like people that we interact with regularly. And, um, it was effective. I think it was, we don't employ them anymore. They're actually volunteer like the two people we hired. Um, they're actually volunteering on our adult advisory board. Nice. That's great. Um, just so like they, they like, they're still with us. Um, and a lot of the connections they made in DC, like it was just beautiful to see, a bunch of like brown and black youth like feeling empowered and knowing their rights and knowing what they can do themselves so in my opinion it was very powerful and effective that's fucking awesome yeah that had to be pretty incredible to see (sighs) um awesome all right well listen we're gonna put all that stuff uh, into our uh show notes and and thank you for the specifics that again that's always helpful so people can you know sit here on their phone while they're listening and, and click through and find ways uh to to actively to get involved. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, yeah, this has been fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we are getting uh, close uh, uh, to time. So um, uh, we'll, we, we'll just wrap it up uh, with a few more questions. And uh, we really appreciate you, girl, you ladies being here. So uh, who else should we talk to? We love to get recommendations from our guests on, uh, again, you know, it's not all climate or clean energy or, or, whatever, it's uh, awesome, good science or uh, space or things like that. 
who are some people that are are you feel like are changing the world or, or working on specific things that should be talked about because it's affecting everybody else? Anybody else that you think could be an awesome conversation for us? Um, I have the speakers. Let me actually pull up the speakers list um, from the March. We had like a lot of frontline youth that are like working in their communities, but they don't get the recognition that they deserve oftentimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, we some standing rock youth. Emily, did I text it? Well, I'll yeah. just tell you. Oh, I have the list actually. I could pull yeah, it yeah. now. We had like, yeah, youth from Standing Rock always reach out to them if you can for anything. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're on the front lines and they put in like none of our work would be possible if they weren't fighting like 10 times harder. Yeah. That's yeah. They work so Man, that's hard. inspirational. Yeah. So we had them. And then we also had Havana, who I loved. She would, if you get to talk to her, she's amazing. She, how old is she? She's, I don't know. She's like eight or 10. Oh, she's geez. called Whoa. a tiny. Yeah, she's called the tiny diplomat on all her social media platforms. Okay. She's just she kind of went viral for being the one like she was the only kid in her entire school that did the national walkout for gun violence prevention. No shit. Um and yeah, she like went viral for that and she kind of just like she kind of started working in like gun violence prevention, but then she like goes around, around the world and she raises money for girls education and her speech about climate change at um like at our march was how women are disproportionately impacted like by climate change and like how she's seen women like have to do most of the laborious work in the community she's been to and so with climate change that only makes things worse and like she's so smart and like Mm -hmm. she just has like a passion to like change everything and she's like half our age like it's crazy (laughs) right how cool is that like not only are you girls doing this but people half your age are also already getting involved that makes you girls feel very lazy (laughs) I mean, it's just—it's like how you make us feel. Nine and ten. I mean, I remember my uncle giving me a Nerf gun at ten, and me being like, "I'm pretty awesome." Yeah, I'm gonna be good with this for a year. (laughs) Yeah, this is gonna keep me busy. Oh God. Um. All right, girls. So, uh, ladies, we have a few last questions we ask everybody. It's kind of like a lightning round, uh, sort of. A little bit. It it gets there eventually. (laughs) We'll get there. Uh. All right. So. Each of you, when was the first time in your life when you realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful? Seventh grade for me. Okay. It was my social studies class. And I go to, I live in North Carolina, so it can be right. pretty conservative. Sure. Um, I remember and, you and, like, talking about this, how much you love it. There was like this one overly homophobic kid in my class. And I would just <sighs> argue with him every day. Like it would, t- I don't even know why the teacher let it happen. Like it would take up like 45 minutes of class time every day. Like, no wow. break and like people like they they wouldn't be homophobic but they'd be like on the fence and like by the end of like a few weeks they'd be like yeah don't be homophobic and like that's when i realized Damn. like when you actively speak up for something no matter how, how annoying you can be like sure it does Maybe that's influence better. people and like that class went from like being oh um i don't like mind gay people just keep it away from me but right. to like stop being homophobic like what's wrong with you like there was like a cultural shift. Like it may have been small, but like you could see the shift between people. And that was when I was like, fuck, like people have power and they have influence. And that's when I was just like, that's incredible. What can I do? That is super cool to learn. You have that. What do you know what some of the, do you remember in in, uh, your flashes of rage, what some of the arguments were that you used? (laughs) 
to convince these people? <laughs> the thing about me, when I get mad, I just, I don't, <laughs> like, my mouth takes over. Like, I don't, don't remember. It. It, they'd be like, they'd be like, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I'd be like, I'd like, what? Like, that makes, I mean, like, that makes no sense. Like, what are you talking? Like, I would just go off like that. But then I'd like, I'd talk about the Bible because that's what they, I go to like a country school. They'd be like, sure. Leviticus, I'm like, Leviticus also mentions you can't eat selfish. You can't eat shrimp. You can't have ripped jeans. You can't have more yeah. than one type of cloth. Like, 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 what are you doing? Like, like you have committed like 17 different sins from the same passage that you're critiquing someone else. Like, yeah. like what? Like, I, I, I don't you. know. That's what I would do. That's awesome. <laughs> Sounds like it's what you have done. I love it, man. Keep Would have loved up, to have please. been a fly on the wall for that thing. All right, lady, it's your turn, Emily. <laughs> yeah. So, um, mine was more fairly recent. So, sophomore year, I think it was sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, my high school has a pretty strict dress code, which I really don't mind. I've never violated it, but it was so sexist towards girls. It was just How like. So? The- the boys just had like two things on the list. And then the girls list of things that they couldn't wear was just super long. And I remember it was summer school. I had, I took an art class in mm-hmm. the summer and I just had the most amazing teacher. And she wanted us to do a project where we spoke about something like a social justice change. And we just chose to talk about our dress code because it was within the school. And we thought maybe if we do something really kick-ass that, they'll pay attention and they'll change it. And so what we did was we got these huge pieces of paper and we wrote down a huge list of everything that was on the girl's dress code. And then we wrote the guy's list on a separate sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. And so the list was just humongous for girls. And then the guy's list was really short. And we hung it up in the front of the school. And we weren't allowed to. So eventually um, our principal came out and he was like, what are you guys doing? You guys aren't allowed to do this. You guys don't like, we didn't give you permission, but there were so many people standing outside, just like watching like what was going down because there was like a huge crowd of kids just, um, and I remember we all wore tank tops that day because it's against dress Which codes, assume, but we yeah, were kind of just standing up against code. it. Sure. And I remember he, we asked him, we were like, why is it so sexist? Like, why is it so primarily like geared towards girls. And he was like, well, I will admit like a lot of it is outdated. And then we were like, well, if it's outdated, then why do you still have it on there? And so I remember eventually he let us schedule a meeting with like the school board. Mm -hmm. And we kind of just each gave a little speech where we were like, we don't understand why it is what it is. Like there's no reason for us not be able to wear shirt, like tank tops. They're not, distracting anyone right and so after that they changed it and i remember that was the first time that i really was like whoa they actually listened and i think that was a big moment for me but i will say even in dc which was in july it was Mm -hmm. like a month ago um marching with everyone and just chanting i think that was really that really opened my eyes too to like whoa we can actually do something that's awesome. It's a wild feeling when you're when you're when there's yeah. fire flowing through your veins. Yeah, uh, and it was pouring rain and everything. So it was really badass. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. All right, ladies. Who is someone in your life that has positively impacted uh your efforts in the past six months? I will say the people in CCL, I love them to death. They're so sweet and they are older. So a lot of times it's hard for me to connect with them just because I'm the only youth. Sure. But 
it's great because I've seen so many times like elderly people just talk down to a youth and say like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're so young. Yeah. But at least with the people in, in my CCL chapter, they are so uplifting and they always try to make sure that I'm the first one to speak and that I get my chance to talk. And I think that that's been really inspiring. And I know that whenever I see them, they're always like, I'm so proud of you and the work that you're doing. So I know that a lot of times when it was getting really difficult and I was like, this is so much work. Mm -hmm. I always remember that they are backing me up and that they're so supportive of me. So Mm -hmm. they've been really awesome. That's awesome. Elsa? Um, I don't think I have a specific one person. I think everyone I meet, whether good or bad, I've, I've like in any organization I've ever worked with, I feel like I've, I've learned something from them, like something meaningful. And it's often people that are like overlooked and people with like marginalized identities that they, they are so uplifting of other people and they, they fight with everything in them. And so like, it's not one specific person, but different communities that I've learned so much about activism and interpersonal like relationships and just, just like being alive and actively fighting for what you believe in. That's like where I learned the most. And those are the people I look up to. Like it's never been one specific person. And want to fight for. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, you guys sound, you are, uh, things are, uh, things are not awesome, but you're fired up and you're, you are actively (laughs) making change here. But I'm curious, what do you guys do specifically when you get overwhelmed by all of this? Some people say they go for a walk outside. Some people play video games. Some people hang out with their kids. So you, I hope you guys don't have that answer. Um, <laughs> one one guy drinks a beer. I also hope you don't have that answer. Yeah, one guy drinks a beer. Uh, <laughs> we won't tattle on you, but uh, you know what do you, what do you do? How do you deal? This is kind of really bad, but I, I shut down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like activism is not is not it's so hard. Like it's emotionally draining to constantly be activating act not activating. Like, what's the word? I constantly be like fighting for your right to live or just to exist. Like, it's so draining. Like, I just like whenever I'm like an activist, I know that like I always I'm just like think from the heart or something. But like, no, like I have to like emotionally cut myself off. Like, I know like in my head, like I'm on autopilot. Like, I know what I'm advocating for. But like, once you get your heart too attached, it's like it's like so heart wrenching because there's like. There's never like one solid win. For every win, there's like five steps back. So it's, I mean, it's unhealthy, but it's what helps me. I just kind of shut down. It's really bad. Don't do it. Well, <laughs> That's what I do. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully while you're shut, while you're shut down, you're, you know, uh, recentering and, and if you're pissed off, calming down and, you know, uh, uh, just getting, getting prepared because you know that when you are going to get back into the fight, you, you've got to be level-headed and you've got to be, uh, smart about it because you have people to influence and if you you know you went into that just in your pissed off shut down mood like that wouldn't help anything right absolutely all right brian let's finish them off uh all right just a couple more questions girls um uh how do you consume uh the news sometimes i just choose not to watch it smart it makes me so mad just kind of like elsa it just it's so difficult to watch it sometimes because you just want to scream at the TV. It's like <laughs> yeah. a big horror show. So, it's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's what makes me super passionate to seeing all these people that I just don't agree with what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I think it makes me just want to speak up even more. Awesome. Good. Uh, Elsa, what about you? How do you consume the news? 
TV, Twitter, never? Very mindfully. Uh, I don't watch the news on the TV, like, very rarely, unless something big's happening. It's really unfortunate, but a lot of our generation gets our news from the tw- like from Twitter. Um, we shouldn't, but we do. Um, I mean, I don't use Twitter as, like, my main source of information, but that's how mm-hmm. we keep up to date. So mm-hmm. I just use social media to keep up to date, I guess. Sure. As long as you're careful, it can be a good idea. Yeah. Um, all right, ladies. If you could Amazon Prime one book to Donald Trump, what would it be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one book where it's like reasons to love Donald Trump and every page is blank. Right, right, right. <laughs> sure, you could just make that book and send it to him. But is there any book that I mean, and we've had you know recommendations from uh, from from you know science journals to Winnie the Pooh to again, you don't have to assume he's going to read it or that he knows how to read. But if there's if there's something that you would just love for to be consumed by him in some way that you would love to know that's on his bedside table, what would it be? There's this book that I read my sophomore year and for my biology class called The Six Extinction. Yeah, it's yep. a good one. Oh my God. I fell in love with it so much. I don't know. I just, I'm very passionate about animals. Mm-hmm. And so reading that book just like kind of ripped my heart apart because it's so heartbreaking to read about like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think just sending that to him and just being like, you could do so much. Yeah. Just, sure. Yeah. Elsa, anyone besides the coloring book full of blank pages? Um, honestly, this is kind of cliche, but this was my freshman, the my freshman required summer reading. To Kill a Mockingjay or Mockingbird. To Kill a Mock. What is it called? To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Yeah. That book is like so cliche, but it was just recently added to like a list of books to be banned. And the only reason it was banned is because it made people uncomfortable and I just think it's a book everyone should read to have some kind of like context of the world. Like, so you can, so you can compare like past history to the contemporary and like, he may not able to, he may not do that, but I just think it's important for people to have context of the history to understand what's happening now. And I just think it's a book everyone should have read one time in their life. Awesome. It's definitely important to feel uncomfortable also. Yeah. You should not be just living a comfy life all the time. Right. Right. Good news is wildfires are going to make that impossible yeah. now. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, ladies, can our listeners follow you online? Keep up with you? And, and this is Zero Hour? Yeah. So for all our social media, we're This Is Zero Hour. Okay. Yeah. And then I don't have Twitter or Facebook, actually. Good. The only Instagram I have is just my full name, Emily Via. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, probably a great decision. Yeah. Uh, Elsa, what about you? Um, all my platforms are Elsa Mengistu. Everything. Awesome. Rock and roll. Well, listen, uh, we can't thank you guys enough for your, for everything you're doing and, and for spending already uh, so much of your youth, your quote unquote innocent years uh, working to fix this shithole. Uh, and this shit show we have uh, so wonderfully created for you yeah, and laid in front of you. your feet. So thank you for that. Thank you for making the time today uh, and for everything you guys are going to do. Uh, I, I, I do firmly believe we're going to do this thing and we're going to make a hell of a lot of progress and the world's going to be a very different place in five, ten years. Uh, but it is definitely going to require all of us and especially you guys to to lead the charge. 
like I said before, when I was 17 and 18 years old, I just had, you know, and it wasn't my own fault completely, but nobody was telling me about, nobody was talking to me about doing anything important like this. Or if they were, I was not listening because I was an idiot. And it is just so incredibly uh, inspirational to, to, to talk with you and know uh, that you are spending so much time fighting for, for everybody that is your age and younger than you. And just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It is so incredibly important. And I hope you never get uh, uh, swayed to stop uh, because you got to keep it up. Yeah, thank you so much for all the support. It means a lot when we get a lot of... Yeah, we know we're old and white, but we are on your side and we will do whatever, whatever you need. If you yeah. need, you know, you reach out like, to us. Shut up, stop talking, go yeah, away. Fine. We're very good at that. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we're going to let you go. Uh, ladies, we really appreciate it. Uh, and we uh, look forward to hearing more from you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Take care, guys. Bye, girl. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks to our incredible guest today. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We hope this episode has made your commute or awesome workout or dishwashing or fucking dog walking late at night that much more pleasant. As a reminder, please subscribe to our free email newsletter at importantnotimportant.com. It is all the news most vital to our survival as a species. And you can follow us all over the internet. You can find us on Twitter at importantnotimp. Just so weird. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Important Not Important, Pinterest and Tumblr, the same thing. So check us out, follow us, share us, like us, you know the deal. And please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to things like this. And if you're really fucking awesome, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Keep the lights on. Thanks. Please. (laughs) And you can find the show notes from today right in your little podcast player and at our website, importantnotimportant.com. Thanks to the very awesome Tim Blaine for our jamming music, to all of you for listening, and finally, most importantly, to our moms for making us. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. 